tonight on a very special episode of the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Britt and Cinch talk about Odell Beckham Jr. and Aaron Rodgers just for you and maybe $240 worth of pudding. Enjoy. Hi, Deb. Welcome back. Again, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. If you're keeping track at home, this is season five, episode 18, 212 overall. I am Cinch in for Craig. And my name and... is Britt. And Cinch, we are back. Cinch, thank you so much for stepping in. For those of you who are used to hearing the dulcet tones of Mr. Craig, he is taking a back seat today and doing some behind-the-board sound work today. Um, so you won't hear him, but he is here. So let me start but even before we start uh, the beers and see if we can't get him to, to turn his mic on and, and tempt him into it. Cinch, um, I think the Bengals are really overrated this year. Joe Burrow might be the worst quarterback we've seen in the last 15 years. Your thoughts? I have to disagree with you. I don't think anyone rated them. No one did, right? How could they be overrated? They're, they're, yeah, they, well, uh, whoa, yeah, I whoa, guess if you rate whoa, them whoa. at all. Whoa. There he is. Easy. <laughs> Easy there. So let's take it down a notch. Shall <laughs> <that's> we? <laughs> so Craig is resting his voice today, folks. If you've listened to our show at all, you know both of us are allergy sufferers. And Craig's has been taking a, a toll on him, so he said to me, I could sound like I have the flu, or we can have Cinch on, and I said, let's get Cinch. So, Cinch, thank you for joining us. So, before we even get into, listen to me, I start coughing. So, before we get into the news, and there's a ton of it, let's start where we always start. Cinch, what are you drinking tonight? I have something from Treehouse. I Ooh. have Judge Juicy Project. Is oh, that the yeah. name? I think that's the name. It's the one yeah. with a mad scientist on the, the front here and and uh Yeah. Does it does it say does it say any type of hops on the side of it? Because sometimes I think there's a couple of those and they like the one I had was Citra and something. Um Imperial IPA, Treehouse, uh deviating from our customer customary process. Utilized a small amount of hop extract in the kettle and saved the entirety of the hoppiness of the hoppy onslaught, the cold side of the brewing process. Hmm. Adjusted the base beer, crafting it to carry a bigger body mm-hmm. and denser mouthfeel and juice project, resulting in a this has got to be great listening a death balance of flavors. Taste the juice yeah. of freshly harvested oranges, mango, marmalade, tropical fruit punch, and overripe pineapple. Okay, okay. Let pure me... bliss in a can. God okay. damn it. I've heard all of those flavors described before except marmalade. I have never heard someone tell me that there's a marmalade flavor in a beer, so I am fascinated. It means popping it open. So while he's given that a taste, I will let you folks know... Craig, cue the music. I am drinking a holiday ale from Two Roads because it's that time of year. 
And uh, I brought a second beer in with me tonight, and my second beer tonight will be Holiday Ale by Two Roads. So I bought my customary case of it last week, and it's pretty much all I'll drink for uh, the rest of the year. So, all right, Cinch, tell us about the Juicy Project from Treehouse. How's it taste? It's good. It's juicy. I get I get orange. I don't know if I get anything else. That's I'm, fair. I'm not a good. Uh, I'm not a good. Uh, uh, I, words are hard. But you know what? That's more. That's that's a better analysis than you typically give yourself credit for. I mean, typically you're just like, I don't know what you guys are looking for here. But you're pulling out the orange. That's good, and it's something you're saying is juicy, and it's something you like. That's great analysis. Tastes like beer, and it tastes like beer. But you know what doesn't taste like beer? I'm gonna tell you what doesn't taste like beer because that's the way segways work. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. So this week we're gonna we have two big news stories out there. We're gonna focus on them and skip the burning hot takes because this is probably what we talk about in burning hot takes anyway. The first one would be Odell Beckham Jr. being released by the Browns. The least shocking conclusion. <laughs> Quote: No, too many letters. I've already got an AB. I don't need an OBJ. Cinch, thoughts on OBJ and him being free, so to speak? <laughs> okay, well, first I would like to begin with, I really hope that the recording has the sound that you were making that I heard, because I didn't hear your voice. I just heard someone playing a really bad keyboard for every sound your voice made. So I have no idea what you said the whole the whole time you were talking. Was it was a sad keyboard? It was. It was ding 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 ding. But anyway, free OBJ. Yes. From what? From being open. He was wasn't open that much. He has <laughs> seventeen catches, I think, on the season. From the sideline, maybe. I mean, what's his? What's his? What was his play share this year? It was like terrible, right? They didn't even use him. He has something like forty-one catches, I think, over the last two full seasons. He hasn't been a good wide receiver since the twenty nineteen season, and even then, I, I believe he had a thousand yard season. Uh, the last time you remember hearing uh, or seeing a big highlight of him scoring a touchdown or yeah. a big play or you know eight catches for 148 yards and two touchdowns it feels like he hasn't had that that's how long it's been yeah i, I don't understand the whole free him thing i don't get it St- stand by for a second okay so oh i gotta do some quickie math here because it's not computing this for me if I had to, if I had to say, guess what percentage of snaps he was on the field for this year, what would your guess be? Because that's what a lot of people look at, is what percentage of the snaps are you involved in that dictates how involved in an offense you actually are? So what percentage of the snaps from 2021, and keep in mind, he was inactive weeks one and two. He wasn't active until week three. So he technically only had six chances to appear. He wasn't active week nine. So he only has six potential chances to appear. What percentage of the snaps would you say he was on the field for? 
Based on just, just would, eyeball. I would say 10%. It feels that, like it, right? What if I told you that he was on the field for 68.7% of all offensive snaps in the games he played this year? And that's little how little we've heard his name. All right, I'm going to play the Mike Lupica game with you. What's that? For those of you, including you, that don't know the Mike Lupica game. I know Mike Lupica. This is where... The game, though, is where I both defend and say I don't want anything to do with the guy. Okay. So the Browns' offense is very, very run-heavy. Yeah. They don't really want to throw the ball. No, they don't. So, I mean, you're not going to have a a Baker Mayfield uh, 30 for 48 attempt game. They want to avoid that at all costs. And then when they're throwing it, they like to throw to the running backs or the tight ends. Sure. So in that respect, I give him a pass. Mm-hmm. But at the but, same time, and I've said this to you guys off air. Sure. I'm a Patriot fan. I don't want the Patriots to sign him. I don't think nope. he's worth the aggravation. I think any team that has a receiver that says, I need more targets. I need more targets. I need more targets. That just gets into the quarterback's head. I want and, the young quarterback on my team thinking I have to find the open guy, not I've got to throw it to OBJ. And 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 to that point, so so we've already established he's been on the field for two-thirds or better on average of offensive snaps. How many targets would you say a decent receiver needs to be involved in a game? Because I usually go between five and ten. I mean, plus 10 targets, you're probably a stud. So 5 to 10 targets is what I target in my head? What would you say? I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say like 6 to 10. Okay, well then let me tell you this. Of the six games he appeared for in Cleveland, he was targeted six or more times in four of the six games. So here's where we have. He's on the field 68% of the time, and 66% of the time he's in those games and 66% of those games, he's targeted a minimum of six times. And yet he has 17 catches for 230 yards. At what point do we stop here and say, it's not that we're involved, not involving you. It's not that you're uninvolved in the offense. It's that you stink. Cause that's where I'm at. You stink. I can't understand why. You know, we don't know. Maybe no one is interested. But if you go online, seven different teams, every team in the NFL is calling and begging this guy. I don't get it. No, I don't, th- I mean, I don't think he is. I think he's overstated, overstated his value. I really do. But you know you what? Call- you, see, go ahead. you see all of these experts, the Adam Schefters of the world, saying this team is definitely interested. He's talked with these teams. These teams are expected to be involved. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just saying, maybe no yep. one's involved. Maybe one team is involved. And, and, and I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I, I you're going to finish my sentence. I know you are. Go ahead. Well, no, no. I, I, mean, I hear where you're going with this. So we've established that he's on the field. We've established that targets have come his way. And we've established that he was unhappy and wanted to be released. And he's claiming that teams want him. Let me tell you, let me take a trip down memory lane. 
The last time Odell Beckham Jr. had a 100-yard game, and this was posted by fan Football Analysis on Twitter, the following statements were true. Stefan Diggs was a Minnesota Viking. Tom Brady was a New England Patriot. Joe Burrow was in college. And Luke, uh, I, I, I botch his name all the time, Luke Clinkley was still playing for the Carolina Panthers. That is how long it has been since he has had a 100-yard game. Diggs has been in Buffalo, what, is his third season? Joe Burrow's in his second second season? Joe Burrow's in his yeah. second season. Tom Brady's in his second season in Tampa. People just sit, sit there. Okay, Odell has not been good for a while. The only thing Odell has needed freeing from is his ego and a kicking net. That's it. The rest of it is all prisons of his own making because he thinks he should be more involved than he is. Maybe he should be. I'm sorry. When you get six targets against Denver and you catch two for 23 yards, it's not the targeting. When you get seven targets at Minnesota and you catch two in a game, by the way, that the final score was 14 to seven. You're right. Can't, Cleveland doesn't want to pass. You're absolutely right when you say that. But in a 14 to seven game, you caught two out of seven targets. It's not like you blew them out and they didn't throw the ball. It was a seven point game. I'm just saying. Well, all of that being said, if he signs with my team, I'm I'm pulling for him to do well and be successful, but I'm not. I don't know. I'm well, not no, because, you don't like my team. <laughs> no, not your team. I'm saying I'm I'm taking the opposite point. If he goes to Kansas City, he is gonna be pissed off in under three weeks because in my head, and granted, I, I, I pray at the church of Byron Pringle. Granted. In my <laughs> head, he is at best the fourth wide receiver on that team. He's behind Hill, he's behind Hardman, and he's behind, uh, God, what the guy's name just blew out of my head, and how could I be? Gordon. Gordon. And Dude, honestly, I disagree strongly, but that's fine. I think Gordon is going to get, if, if Gordon can keep his head on straight, and I think this is what the Chiefs are doing differently than every other team that's brought Josh Gordon on. They're not throwing him into the mix. They're trying to bring him in. Josh Gordon does not respond well to pressure. I think it's a mental thing, and it's not a mental thing like Mackie Sasser being unable to throw the ball back to the pitcher. This is a genuine mental illness on his part, and he just needs to be able to manage it. And you're not going to manage it by saying, all right, you've been here two weeks. Get ready for 10 targets. I, I don't think that's the way to manage something like that. So I, I think Josh Gordon would be a better asset. I, and I think I think you could make the argument that Demarcus Robinson is better a uh, uh, better uh, better person for that that offense too. So at best he's wide receiver five in my head. So he, and if the problem is oh I'm not involved in the offense, well then you're not going to be in the offense in Kansas City either. So why would you go there? You know sometimes these these guys just get fed up where they are. Hmm. And know he was a superstar in with the Giants he was a big time player in college he's nothing with Cleveland yeah he's a guy he's a jazz guy he's a guy so he wants all this attention it's all about him everywhere he goes wherever yeah. he goes it'll be about him until they see him play and then it's not about him anymore 
Speaking of people who are uh, all about them, time for your weekly Aaron Rodgers update. If uh, you were here during the preseason, you know that Craig and I spent a long period of time talking about Aaron Rodgers' potential to report. Uh, What we didn't anticipate was his potential to report as a bigger douchebag than he was when he left. And yeah, I I shouldn't say that. That's very judgmental. But uh, Aaron Rodgers appeared again on the Pat McAfee podcast to question why he got backlash from his first appearance when he blamed his current situation on the woke mob and uh, making sure that he followed mandates. He did really no favors to himself with this appearance either, quote saying, I shared an opinion that's polarizing, I get it, and I misled some people about my status, which I take full responsibility of, uh, of, of those comments. But in the end, I have to stay true to who I am and what I'm about. I stand behind the things that I said, end quote. Cinch, I know you are not, you and I are not on vastly different pages on this particular issue. So I'm going to turn it over to you for a solid like two minutes. What the holy hell? I don't need two minutes. These, these were this last, what has it been? Eight, nine days now, 10 days. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of words that just come out to Aaron Rodgers is a douchebag asshole. That's really where I'm at, too. No, you, no one needed me or you or anyone else to say this. If you're following football for years now, you see that. And, you know, there's no denying his talent. I have said all along, I, I've told you guys since before there was a podcast, he's overrated. It's like, how could someone as good as him True. be overrated? He's, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the right answer. But you watch him in the biggest games when you need him most, and something happens. I'm not saying it's his fault every time, but he's too good. His teams all season long are too good for him to be in the league this many years and have one Super Bowl. He's only been to one. He's only been to that one, right? He hasn't been to another one. Yes, he's only been to one. And, yes, he won good for him, and he is a great quarterback. He is a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. Mm-hmm. Something's missing. I, so, I, you know, I don't know. Something's not there. So, so you're you're telling me that there is a possibility you could be a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback and have won at least one Super Bowl and still be a cheater, not a Tom Brady. And, and and you're saying that those two things are conjunctively possible. At this moment in our history, do you, do you Mr. Patrick Mahomes Chiefs fans, yes, want to, to go to the whole quarterback debate? Because your guy is, what, 24, 25? And the way he's played, he's 45. My, guy's, mean, he's my, guy's, vaccinated, my guy's vaccinated with a title and zero scandals. Yeah, he's something. He's something. I pray at the Church of Patrick. Listen, the Church of Byron Pringle adjoins to the Church of Patrick Mahomes. There's a corridor in between for those of us who need to hear both sermons, and that is where my chair is. And I you know, sit there. I, re- I resent the fact that you make me say something bad about Mahomes because you know. Oh, you love I have Patrick been a Mahomes. Mahomes backer since. Oh, absolutely. His first start. Yes. 
So, so, yes. As a matter of fact, it, it, to be fair to everyone listening, people who are listening right now, Cinch was actually behind Patrick Holmes before I was. I thought the Alex Smith trade was premature. And that is absolutely 100% fact. He's absolutely right. So we're kind of messing with each other right now. But back to the, the more stringent point about Aaron Rodgers, which is where we're really actually going. This, this is not, I'm not trying. We know that Cinch is easily triggered when it comes to Tom Brady discussion. That's why we bring it up all the time. And he knows I'm very easily triggered about Patrick Mahomes. That's why we're messing with each other right now. But this is about Aaron Rodgers. Hey, let me interrupt for something. Uh-oh. No, this is a thought that I just had while we were talking. Okay. Um, where are all of the people, all of the teammates, all of the former teammates of Aaron Rodgers? Why is no one jumping up defending him? That's, you know. There's, there's got to be. That's what I'm talking about. There's got to be a reason. Maybe there's only one. The, maybe the fact that me here in Connecticut saying this guy is an asshole. Maybe I'm right, and the people that deal with him all the time say, you know, the hell with him. He got himself in trouble. Good. I'm not going to back him up. Well, to your point, earlier this year, Jermichael Finley shredded him on somebody else's show saying that Aaron Rodgers' work ethic was questionable at best. I mean, that was a, that was a big, that was big news back in September. Uh, called him selfish and disliked by his teammates. So, you know, there's a lot of, you're not, you're not wrong in that. You're not, you're not wrong in that at all. Uh, where was I going with this after I, I, I totally got sidetracked there for a second. Oh, Let's talk so about White. the only, the only person who's actually come to his defense is AJ Hawk, who is on the Pat McAfee podcast, which explains too why all of his communication has been through the Pat McAfee podcast. Because I'm Makes sorry, sense I, now. I'm a screaming liberal. Everyone, everyone who knows me knows that about me. And, you know, one of the things Roger said was, that's why I'm very neutral. That's why I won't go on Fox News or that's why I won't go on CNN. So instead, you chose a friendly outlet. That's no different than playing politics. That's no different than saying this particular news channel is friendly to my cause. So that's the one I'm going to go on. That's just an excuse. AJ Hawk runs this podcast, and I know he's not going to hold me accountable, so I'll go on this podcast. No. No. That's, that's the easy way out without taking the easy way out. You know, and that drives me nuts. Most importantly, the most important voice to weigh on this is Mark Hamill. <laughs> of course it is. Mark Hamill earlier today tweeted that Quote, of all the sweatshirts he could have worn, he had to take full responsibility in that one. End quote. And this, that's a, yeah. because on the second appearance, he's wearing a Star Wars Rise of Skywalker jersey, uh, sweatshirt. Here, here's the bottom line. Rogers lied. He can spin it any way he wants. But he lied. Well, he never said he was vaccinated. That's correct. But then he followed the vaccinated protocols. That's lying. Well, he said the team knew. Then the team lied to the league. Well, maybe the league never asked them. Which was the point of the source, by the way. The source was like, how do we know how the league is clean in this? We don't. We don't. But this speaks to the very kind of prima donna attitude 
that he encountered when he got to Green Bay. Is everyone so quick to forget that when he got to Green Bay, Brett Favre was like, fuck this guy. I'm not doing a damn thing for him. I'm the quarterback. Has everyone forgotten that? How can you behave like this after you were the recipient of that exact level of prima donna behavior? And yet here we are. Like seriously, Aaron Rodgers, what the actual fuck? Come on. Well, it's his choice to get vaccinated. Then he needs to follow the non-vaccinated protocols. I don't care if it's an alternate therapy. I don't care if it was a shaman. I don't care if it was a goddamn voodoo priest. If you don't take the vaccine, you follow the unvaccinated protocols. And if you do that, then you can get away with saying things like immunize to the press. But he didn't. He didn't follow all the protocols. Well, he said he followed most of the protocols, but he didn't follow all of them. And that's all that matters. Go ahead and ask a traffic. Next time you get pulled over, tell a traffic cop you followed most of the traffic laws except one and see if he lets you off. That a loose inch? Oh, I'm here. He's just letting me go. go. You just go. (laughs) I am tired of this excuse. And the league needs to come down hard on everybody. The fine they gave the Packers is minimal. The fine they gave Rodgers is minimal. They need to treat this as hard as I am on, on, on Tom Brady. This needs to be treated at least as stringently as they did with the other stuff. Draft picks need to be lost. Games need to be lost. The Packers need to lose, in theory, air quotes, lose their best player for three or four games in order for the lesson to be learned You cannot sneak this by the league, but the league doesn't want to do that. The league has already seen what happens when it costs them their premier matchup, because you cannot tell me that if you asked every NFL official at the beginning of the season to circle a total of 10 games that mattered eyeball wise to the goddamn chiefs in the NFL office, that chiefs versus Packers wasn't one of them. Chiefs-Packers was going to be one of their games of the week. Fox made it a national broadcast. This was going to be Aaron Rodgers making his last run as a Packer versus Patrick Mahomes. Now, the Chiefs didn't hold up their end of the bargain. They lost four of their first seven games. Granted. But the Packers won seven of their first eight. And what you did was you shot yourself in the foot and you, you let it happen. This was preventable. All of this was preventable by every level. Rodgers could have prevented it by following the damn restrictions. The team could have prevented it by saying, hey, why isn't he wearing a mask? And isn't he not supposed to be in the room with the media? And the league could have prevented it by saying, hey, look, Aaron Rodgers is talking to the media. Did anybody see his vaccine card? But this was dropped at every fucking level. And every level should be held accountable. All right, I'm done. Yeah. And you're not going to convince me otherwise. I've already had people say to me, oh, but you don't understand. You know what I don't understand? I don't understand how this could be missed by this many people in one of the largest sports enterprises in the history of the world. 
Billions of dollars are exchanged in NFL franchises and between players and teams and between fans and players every year. How do you miss something this blatant? And the only thing I can come up with is no one wanted to challenge Rodgers. Well, it comes down to it's all about the money. You're, you're right there. And Goodell believes, I'm guessing, that the best way for best way for him to move forward is for Rodgers to be out there on the field and not suspended. Yes. I just think if you if you look at previous penalties that led to suspensions, how how do you not say this doesn't deserve one? Exactly. Because it, it's not that he broke the rule. It's that he blatantly broke the rule for nine weeks. And if he didn't test positive for COVID, he'd still be breaking the rule. Absolutely. You know, the NFL just kind of, yeah, it's all right. It's not like they didn't know. They knew. They just didn't want anything to happen because, hey, it's Aaron Rodgers. You need him on the field. and, And to that point, that's contrary to what the NFL has told us their stance is. Because they have punished Tom Brady. They have punished the Patriots. Oh, we're above all of that. We don't cater to our stars. But that's exactly what it looks like here. That's exactly what it looks like. Look, how many times did the NFL suspend... Ah, uh, who's that guy? I'm blanking on his name. Ooh, the guy that plays that for the guy. Bengals. The Bengals linebacker, maybe... Craig could jump in or send a text or something. Yeah, Bengals blow your nose and jump in here, allergy man. <laughs> who are we talking about? I know exactly who you're talking about. The defensive guy who, like, constantly got suspended. Um, there he is. Vontez Perfect, so you're talking about. Thank you. There you go. The guy that tried to kill and decapitate, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, well, yeah, we won't. We won't. I don't have enough place to go into that right now, so. <laughs> But and who's that guy? Cinch is now experiencing <laughs> we experience every week. He's like, I have a great point to make, but I can't remember the goddamn name. Antonio Brown. So Burfick tried to kill Antonio Brown on the field. Literally tried to kill him. Allegedly. And no, no, Allegedly. literally. <laughs> tried to kill him. <laughs> he tried to take his head and remove it from the body. Uh, he tried to pull the helmet with the head inside off. But anyway, but anyway. This guy is out of the league now, I think, just because of fines. Because, now, he earned it, right? He did. He earned it. And when the NFL said, you need to change and not do that, Mm -hmm. he just kept doing it. But the NFL gets their sights on certain players and just doesn't let it go. And other players do the same kind of stuff, and nothing happens. I think we need to move on, though. We've spent enough time yes. on this douchebag and Goodell and everybody else. We need to talk about the referees in the Bears-Steelers game you know, because it was I, an embarrassment. I, 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 I'm going to give you two minutes on that because I'll be honest, I fell asleep. And I know it was a major issue and I read all the articles, but I didn't see it live. And we do want to get to America's favorite game and our picks for DFS. So since you go ahead, two minutes, you have, you have the floor here. Go for it. I'll be very brief. No, no don't be it's brief. Just, Cause I had to use it, the restroom. <laughs> okay. Well, here's what it was. If the Steelers hit fourth down, there'd be a penalty given them first down. If the bears got a touchdown, 
there'd be a phantom random penalty that even the announcers on the game were saying, wait a minute, that's not a penalty that would take away that touchdown and put them in a third and 15 or third and 20. It was the worst officiating that I've seen since the Seattle uh, Steelers Super Bowl of whatever year that was and whatever MXCL, II, whatever year, who knows. It's just unfortunate that the referees decide that they need to be the ones that people are turning in to see. People tune in and they want to see what this guy is going to do. And no one's watching for that. You know, if it were about the referees, why is it when we get to the playoffs and the Super Bowl, there are no penalties thrown? The best games of the year, the most watched, the most anticipated, these games go off. And for the most part, sorry, Saints fans, there are no penalties in those games. We're talking three against this team and four against that team. It doesn't even come into play. It doesn't determine who wins. Again, sorry, Saints fans. That's what it's like in the most important games of the year. Well, you know what? Sometimes in week nine, that turns out to be the most important game of the year. Sometimes a win in week nine propels you, gives you the mo. Takes you into week 10, 11, 12, into a winning streak. Britt is back. Britt, go yes. ahead. No, I, I could not agree more. I mean, at what, and, and, and I, I don't know the exact week, but I, I remember reading and watching coverage of this last week, last year. The Bucks got off to a shaky start. When did the Bucks start their big run? Last season, it was yeah. around week 10, week 9 or 10. 2020, we'll do it live. 2020, 20 is the schedule, I'm typing. Like I always say, it's all about the quarterback. Okay, so at the end of week 12, so again, in that midsection, if you divide the season up into thirds, which I think it was one of the coaches. I, I might be wrong. I think it was Bill Parcells. I like to divide things up into thirds or quarters or something yeah, like that. Belichick. Was it Belichick? Quarters. Okay. At the end of at the end of week twelve, they played their their bye week was thirteen. So at the end of week twelve, the Bucks were seven and five last year. They didn't lose again. <laughs> yeah. That they that... won four straight to end the season. And then barnstormed the quarter. The barnstormed so eleven and five. They had to win all four to get in as a wild card. It was a wild card, right? Because New Orleans wasn't New Orleans. Yes. Yeah, New Orleans hosted that game. So the, to get as a wild card, they had to win the last quarter of the season, and barnstorm the playoffs after that. So to be, it, there's something to be said about that second half of the year push. See, and I, now I, that's my that's my point. Who knows? They, the NFC is top-heavy. The, the sixth, the seventh spot is going to go to a bad team. Yeah. Right now, Atlanta is the seventh team in the NFC. But I'm saying, look, what if the Bears win that game? And Fields had his, by far his best game. Yeah. What if they win that game, and now that propels them to win next week? And then yeah. the following week. And before you know it, they are a playoff team, and they're a team that believes in themselves. And Allen Robinson catches a pass. Imagine that. It could happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. I'm totally with you. All right. So not to cut off that conversation because it is brilliant, but I want to get to America's game of the uh, America's game, America's favorite game of the week. America's favorite game of the week. Jesus, I'm only two beers in. America's favorite game. Because I don't want to get sued by Fox. So, Sage, you're sitting in the big chair today. So you got to take on Craig's role. And I'm going to challenge you with America's favorite game. Craig took a good okay. week, picked a good week to be off. Because <laughs> there were five games with over-unders of 50-plus. And if you forget, again, why we do this, more points scored usually means more fantasy points. These are the games where you can look for values and really strong plays. So since you have three strikes, looking at this week's schedule, I want you to tell me the five games that have at least an over-under of 50. Five over-under 50. Um, Three strikes. I'm going to go to the best team in the league. Now, who is the best team in the league? Kansas City. Mm. Yeah, you know what? Uh-uh. Uh, well, well, you know, I was going to say Arizona, but they're playing the Panthers, and their quarterback has a broken shoulder. I didn't know and, you could break Arizona's ain't doing so great either. I love yeah. Kyler Murray, and he's hurting. You know, I'm going to pass that one. I'm going to go to the Vikings Chargers because I think the Vikings will run all over the Chargers. That's a 51 and a half. You're absolutely correct. So to that point, you would you would focus uh, so you're thinking like this is a Dalvin Cook game, big time Dalvin Cook game. Chargers are the 32nd team in the league against the rush. There it is, Dalvin Cook. All right, all right. Who else? You I got think one the for Monday one. night game. The Rams 49ers. That's got to be over. 48 and a half. That is an um, under. That is an under. Way, Kyle Shanahan is not a good head coach. Agreed. Just putting that out there. He's got an under 500 record. He's not you know, good. You, do you know why that game is under 48 and a half, in my opinion? Because Stafford looked really not with it this past week. How do you lose to Tennessee? You needed to cover that for me, Rams. You didn't cover. But you know what? He threw two bad passes. And that was the entire game. That was. Threw a pick six and the second interception. They took it down to the two-yard line. I mean, that doesn't excuse the fact that they put, like, no points on the board. Sure. That, that was the whole game. Two bad passes. Yeah. All right, so that's strike one. Still four more answers on the board. What do you got for me? I'm looking. It's a tough week. It, Is it? It, it, it looks top-heavy. Like, it's one team needs to do side. all the scoring. Yeah. I will go with the greatest quarterback to ever grace the planet. The Washington Patrick Mahomes. And and Tom Brady and the WTF. And that is a 51 and a half. That is correct. So you okay, can't wait, trust. Wait, wait. So what you're saying is the greatest quarterback to ever, and that is correct. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, what I'm saying is that's a correct is that it's 51 and a half. <laughs> what I was about to say is I'm not quite sure who I take in that game because Tampa Bay's offense is really subpar with that with that aging quarterback. And Washington isn't really that good, so I'm not sure who I'm taking in this uh, in this game. I might you know just pay this entire game. Brady's coming off a bye week. I think having the week off, that whole team will. Washington's terrible. 
don't know what we were all thinking when we thought they were good. So, so what I'm hearing is that Brady might not need a walker this week because that's that would help. Not, his, not this his case now. Okay, this week he'll be okay. All right, we got two down. You got three to go. I'm gonna go with the Falcons Cowboys. Falcons Cowboys is the highest of the week at 55. Holy wow. crap! Am I gonna avoid the shit out of that game? I, I didn't. You just say that the reason for this is that is, the highest scoring you want to go there. Correct, but who am I? You who am I trusting on? First off, you can't trust any Falcon at all. But but wait, here's the thing. If how, what do you what do you see for that game? If you see the Cowboys are going to win that game, and you either go with C.D. Lamb or Hurt. Um, <laughs> he's he's on the injury report. Here. That's what I'm saying. Who am I trusting? Well, C.D. Lamb's see, great. Yeah, but he's on the injury report. Well, Thak's great. He's on the injury report. Ezekiel Elliott is inconsistent and on the injury report. Who do I trust? Well, you could always use Pitts. I mean, you're paying up for whoever we're talking about. But you could use Pitts. You could use Dak. I would avoid Zeke. Um, I can't think. Uh, I'm, I'm, who's that guy in? It's C.D. Lamb and... Uh, other receiver for the Cowboys. Oops, I think you just heard that. This is what happens when you don't draft the guy. <laughs> He's not on my team. I have no idea who he is. I'm looking to see where Pitts is. I've got Pitts at 12 points. He's 5,800, which is high, but it's not like Darren Waller high, and I still don't have him more than 12 points. So I just, I, I don't, I think that's a game I'm going to fade. Just because you're right. If they come off and all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, Zeke ran for 120 yards, I'm not shocked. But I'm also not shocked if Zeke has 12 carries for 16. Because Atlanta's not good against the run either, but those teams are so inconsistent. Cowboys worried me last week. The last game I watched, they did not look crisp at all. But you're right. It's a 55, so you got three down. Two to go. You got two strikes left, too. There's two more games on the docket that are over 50, or at least 50. I, I just, no matter what happens, I will always fall back. As long as Mahomes is there, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. As long as he's there, I'll still go with the Chiefs. Chiefs Raiders have to be over 50. 51 and a half. And you know why? Even when the Chiefs struggle, these games are freaking shootouts all the time. If Derek Carr is going to have a three-touchdown game, it's going to be against the Chiefs. And don't forget, the Chiefs lost at the Raiders last year. Or was it vice versa? I don't remember. I think it was vice versa. I think the Raiders lost at the Chiefs. No, the Raiders won at the Chiefs because they drove their team bus at like three in the morning around Arrowhead like six times or something like that. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I, I just remember them doing a victory lap. I think that was at the Chiefs. And then the Chiefs went to the Raiders and won that game by like 30 because they were like, no, 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 that, no, 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 no. But yes, Chiefs Raiders, everyone is usable. Everyone on both sides of the ball is usable. The only people who aren't usable are the defenses. I, I, I have no problem with everybody. Except for Henry Ruggs. You can't use Henry Ruggs. He's in jail. But everybody else is usable. Well, you know, the lineup I just did, I have no one from that game in it. 
And that's fair. You have to fade certain games. If that game is 15 to 7, it will be shocking to me, but it's possible. It's possible. All right, we're running out of time. One more game. Come on, you got two strikes. One more game. You're about to make Craig very angry. He never wins. (laughs) That's not true. But anyway, the game I'm looking at that could go from eh to a really, really good game. Russell Wilson is back for the Seahawks this week. He's going to start. There's an outside chance Aaron Rodgers can be cleared on Saturday and he could play on Sunday. I'll go with the Seahawks Packers. That is exactly 50 points, and you today are a winner. Absolutely correct. Seahawks Packers, and for just that reason, DK Metcalf, I have been the biggest DK Metcalf stan in the last year. I kept him in our, our, our live league. No one goes to the stump for DK Metcalf more than I do. When I saw Russell Wilson was back, I, I thanked I thanked Byron Pringle, my Lord and Savior. And, <laughs> and now here we are, because this you're right. Without Aaron Rodgers and without Russell Wilson, this is like a 40, 42, maybe. With one of them, it's a 50. With both of them, it's a 55. And that's where we are right now. I, I don't see any chance Rodgers plays this week. He can't. Possibly be cleared before Saturday by league protocols. If he runs the Packers the way it looks like he's in charge sometimes, yeah, he'll play. Did you see Jordan Love? Jordan Love needs to change his name to Jordan not so good. Yeah. Or Jordan disliked. But, you know, and that's that's a shame because we we bet on him in Dynasty and, well, we'll see what happens there. But... I'm I'm betting the over on that. I'll take I'll take over fifty, Seahawks Packers. That's that's my pick of the week. I'm taking over the fifty, which leads I us. Think that's to... a, that's a stay away. Oh, you Anything stay away from it. There. You could have a that... one team only if Russell Wilson comes back and they go off for thirty. If Jordan Love starts, they're not scoring twenty. They, <laughs> they might... can only score seven. They can only score seven against the worst defense in the league, and you know how bad the Chiefs have been. I, you mean? And, you mean and, and granted, granted, Seattle has a terrible defense. I'm saying okay. last week, Jordan Love against the Chiefs scored seven points. Okay. So why should I think a week later he's going to put up 20 points? Okay. If Aaron Rodgers is there, it's a given that they will go over. Okay. I, I think I think we're underestimating Love's potential based on a small sample size, but that's just me. That's just me. But that I leads us into our discussion of the next segment, which is the 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 pick of the week. And I've just gone on record. I'm going to take Seahawks at Packers. I'm going to take the over as my most intriguing game of the week for exactly what we just discussed. The quarterbacks intrigue us. Now, before we came on the air, I I I, I had to use a uh, cell number that I didn't know. Apparently, it's a disposable phone, but I've gotten the pick from the source. The source is intrigued by Vikings plus three over Chargers. And the source quickly points out, because it only allows him to send two text messages from his phone before he has to burn it, that he's 2-0 and against the spread so far in these picks. He's taking Vikings plus three over the Chargers. 
he thinks they will have enough success with the run game to keep it close. So I like the over in Seahawks Packers. The source likes the Vikings plus three over the Chargers. Cinch, is there any game this week that you just look at the over under or the line or any of the major props and you're just like, man, that's really intriguing to me. Well, I avoided the over under because I had to play America's game. But I agree with the source. I think Dalvin Cook is going to run all over the Chargers. Let's, let, I think. Well, you know what? Let me look up while you're cho- keep talking, but I'm going to look up Dalvin Cook's prop numbers because maybe that's an easy place for you to go. Well, I think that's that's where you want to go. Anytime you could get the Chargers plus points, that's what you want because you don't want Kirk Cousins chasing points. This way, he's getting three. I could see a, a late Chargers, whatever you know. I could see a, a a nine point game turning into a one or two point game. But either way, you're getting three, so you're winning. So, I like Dalvin Cook to go over a hundred yards. Whatever his numbers are, I would parlay that with Minnesota winning the game outright. Because again, I, the Chargers have no fan base, even though I, it's in LA. Why am I not able to find this? Hold on, let me go to a different site. I was looking at DraftKings. Maybe it's FanDuel, but you got to give me a minute because logging into FanDuel okay. takes an act of God. While you're doing that, I'll throw a sleeper pick that you could use. Sure. In DraftKings. He only costs four thousand uh-huh. dollars. So JJ Taylor is a Patriot running back. Now you might not know who he is because he's done nothing. Because he is the third or even fourth running back. But last week, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris both got concussions. Now it's possible that they both miss this game, and then JJ Taylor is your starting running back. Now, if they come back, you're going to want to take this guy out of your lineup because he'll be inactive, probably. The thing I like about this guy, he's about five foot five, maybe, and he he plays like he's six four because he'll just run at these guys as fast as he can. So I I think he's I'm not calling him a, a Darren Sproles, but he's that type of player. Okay. So. For some reason, I can't find player props on this Minnesota game, and I don't know why. Come on, man. Seriously, I'm telling you, I'm going to the the app on both DraftKings and on FanDuel, and I'm going to more wagers, and it's not appearing anywhere. Let me see other totals here. Totals. Uh, total points, total scores, total touchdowns. These are all team props. Where are the player props? Hold on. I'm here now. Let me see. I, I've logged into FanDuel. I'll see if I can see what I need to see. And see if I can see it. Sometimes it's there and you just can't see it. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not pulling it up. But I, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and that's the thing. I'll let you do that, but we, we do have to move on. We're, we're, we're already over time. We're gonna have to blow through our DFS picks this week, just because we spent so much fantastic time talking about, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the issues there. And I, I feel like this is a really good conversation today. So while Cinch is looking that up, I'm gonna give you my picks of the week on DFS, and I'm gonna let Cinch weigh in on DFS wherever he would like to. Um, <laughs> 
there's a great there's there's eight guys that are over three x um, on the metric this week. I'm really loving Carson Wentz. I love Carson Wentz at 5,900. Well, he's not going to have the most points. He's only going to have 18 points. But at 5,900, his value is through the roof. So I'm using Carson Wentz in a ton of places this week. In terms of running backs, I'm going Jonathan Taylor. 8,100, yeah, he's super expensive. I've got him for 25 points, maybe 26 against Jacksonville. And he pairs really, really well with Carson Wentz. At wideout, I'm using cheap. I'm looking at guys like Rashad Bateman. I'm looking at Tyler Johnson. I even have Brandon Ayuk high on my list. I am definitely looking at Jerry Judy. The guru is big on Jerry Judy. He has him at 14 points. I have him at about 13 and a half, but it's close. He's also big on Elijah Moore, uh, but Elijah Moore is super cheap at 4,700. I'm probably going super cheap at wideout to try and spend up other uh, uh, otherwise. Tight end, another place you can go cheap. I love Adam Troutman this week against New Orleans, against uh, Tennessee. He's only 3K, and he has the potential to score upwards of nine points. That's 3X value. I love it there. Defenses, you got to pick one. So you know what? I'm going to go bold, and I'm going to take Miami hosting Baltimore because they're only 2400 bucks. Well, Washington's only 2100 Tampa's way too good in offense. Well, Carolina against Arizona, too good. Titans, New Orleans, too good. Minnesota, they're playing the Chargers. Are you kidding? And you can't take Jacksonville because I just told you that Indianapolis is going to run up the score. So I'm looking at Indy stacks. I love the idea. I think Michael Pittman's a little overpriced this week, which is why I'm not going there. I'm looking to see where he falls on my list. Pittman's up to 6,300. I have him at 15 points. If you're stacking anywhere, you're stacking Indy. There, since I buy enough time to figure out what you wanted to find out? I couldn't find anything on the player player uh, odds there. Yeah, but for I some reason, respond. I'm not seeing them either. Go ahead. I will yeah, respond yeah. by saying I took the Jags defense. And what you're looking for in the defense, go all the way to the bottom. And then when you get to the least expensive defense, just try and pick the offense that you could imagine turning the ball over. And you come to Carson Wentz. If he just decides to do the Carson Wentz turnover and put it in his left hand to throw it, he is no Mahomes. So sure. I'll, I'll take them for 2200 uh, A guy that I think you absolutely have to use is Pat Fryermuth, the rookie with the Steelers. He is coming on strong. They're playing the Lions. He costs 3900 I guarantee you he'll get a touchdown this week. So wow. That is a cinch guarantee. Wow. I'm going to fight you on that. I also use Russell Wilson this week. Okay. I'm going to fight you on that, and I'll tell you why. I'm looking at and Pat Firemuth's coming off a fantastic game against the Bears. Six targets, five catches for 43 yards and two touchdowns. And you're right. He's that was his actually his lowest total in terms of yardage the last three weeks. But and he scored three touchdowns in the last two weeks. Is he coming on, or has he been used against crappier teams? Well, if he's been used against crappy teams, Cinch is still right because they're playing Detroit this week. So Fryer was a decent option. Where do I have him ranked? Or is he just too expensive that I I, I kind of skipped him? He's he's thirty nine hundred. So that can't be too expensive. 
No, he can't be. Where the hell is he on my list? I can't find him on my list. Let me see if I can do a quick search here, and then we'll wrap up. I'll just up. say it this way. I'll say it this way. Oh, there if he is. You imagine, if you imagine the Steelers-Lions game, can you imagine how are the Steelers, where are the points coming from? Mm-hmm. Okay, you've got the running back. Sure, he runs the ball. He catches passes. Najee Harris, you could use him. Might be expensive. It's not coming to the wide receivers. Ben's arm is spaghetti. He can't throw it past 25 yards. So that means you bring in the tight end, you slot the slot receivers. I think Firemuth, he, he's had touchdowns in, I think, three consecutive games, four consecutive two. games now. Two. He's at least two. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking at his stat. He's had three. Oh, he has three in his last two games. Let me tell you something. I don't need facts to be true for it to be okay. correct. I am right. Are you a Trump voter? I, I watch politics. I know how this works. What I say is by definition a fact. Bigly. <laughs> he has had truth, three. Truth is in the eye of the beholder. Truth is in the eye of the beholder. He does have three. I have him for three catches for 38 yards and a 50% chance of a touchdown, which puts him in the six to 10 point range. At 3,900, that puts him under the value line, but is close, very close. I have him in terms of value as my number seven tight end. So since we are way over time, give me your final thought for the week. Uh, final thought for the week. Well, this, this past week and the week before, we've had so much news and so much oh, yeah. going on. Yeah. I'm going to go back to the beginning of the episode. I'm going to talk about Odell Beckham Jr. He's not that good. He's not going to make a difference wherever he goes. Don't pick him up. There's going to be a big media outpouring of, hey, we've got to get this guy, all because LeBron James posted free OBJ. Who cares what he thinks? Let him put on shoulder pads and play tight end. Then I'll listen to him. OBJ is nothing. There's a reason why a good, solid, playoff-bound Cleveland Brown team let him go just to get rid of them because they're better by losing him. So when he does sign, no matter who he signs with, don't pick him up. He's not worth it. He's, he is both a has been and a never was. Yeah. That's, that's my final thought. Yeah. My final thought is just going to be that in the last couple hours, as we've been recording this and setting it up, Adam Schefter went on sports center and talked about his reporting on Dalvin cook. So for those who didn't know, because there was so much news to cover, and this was this kind of been a back and forth story, I didn't want to go there tonight. But Dalvin Cook was involved in a domestic violence situation, and the initial reporting was that he was pretty much to blame for it. And Adam Schefter was one of the guys who came out and said, "Here's what just happened. Here's what we know," and he actually came out and apologized for only reporting half the story and for saying, "I didn't do my job as a journalist." I want to praise Adam Schefter for doing that. So many times, people just go, well, my source told me, journalists are not Jesus, okay? Journalists are not Byron Pringle. They don't get their own church dedicated to them like I go to the church of Byron Pringle every week. Adam Schefter owned his mistake, and that's all you can ever ask for. Give the guy a break in a new cycle that is so constant, he can't even put down his cell phone during broadcasts. 
you have to be able to understand that sometimes these things are going to happen. And Schefter has been so reliable for so long, you have to give him a pass on that. And you have to sit there and accept that, you know what, we're all human and we all make mistakes. And at least he had the guts to admit it. He admitted it a lot better and a lot faster than Aaron Rodgers did. So there's that. But you know what's not a mistake? I'm going to tell you. Going and leaving us a review wherever you listen to us. Apple Apple, uh, Apple yeah, Podcasts, uh, Player FM, all the different podcast sources you can go to. Wherever you hear this podcast, please go and leave us a review. But you know what's even better than that? Leaving us a review and then interacting with us. Reach out to us. We are at FignutsDFS on Twitter. We're available at FignutsDFS at gmail.com via email. And we're on Facebook, if it's still called that, at the Football Fignuts Podcast. We love to hear from you guys. We love your feedback, and we love your questions. Cinch, thank you so much for stepping in for Captain Allergy over there, who is um, you know, taking the, uh, the recording reins today. Are you over there? You you okay over there, Craig? You still awake? Um, I'm still alive. Still alive. Thank you. Oh and God. thank you. Thank you, Cinch. Appreciate you, it. You do sound really stuffy, bro. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. As a guy who suffers from allergies, and I don't suffer them nearly as badly as you do, I've already out the out seasonally. Beginning of spring, end of fall, every year, Craig and I go through this. He gets it 10 times worse than I do. So, but Cinch, yeah, I... go ahead. Go ahead. What do you got, Craig? Oh no! I say yeah. I try to fight it off, but I I lost this time. It was it was a month long battle. So. Craig 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 called me the other day and he said I'm immunized. I've taken all of the medications <laughs> I can take for this, um, and and I still tested positive. I don't know how this happened. I blame I the woke mob. I, I you know my 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 fiance made me eat clay. So, but since thank you genuinely genuinely for stepping in tonight and for engaging in a fantastic conversation, we really do appreciate it. There is one thing we forgot. What's that? We forgot to thank Deb. Oh, that's right. So I'll throw that to Cinch. Cinch, say hi to Deb for us. Hi, Deb. And with that, we will say thank you for listening. We'll be back next week for Week 11 Goodness. Hopefully, Craig's allergies will have cleared up. And uh, I appreciate everyone who listens. Until next week, my name is Britt. I am Cinch. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. 